Hi everyone, we are the Gooders, people who do good. We help people dealing with life challenges and empower them to help others. Today, we are hosting Jasmine Parker-Smith, a grief group facilitator. This podcast is brought to you by CirclesApp.com, the go-to place for life challenges like grief, divorce, cancer, etc. In every episode, we speak with an inspiring person who moderates an audio chat room for people dealing with the same life challenge. We will tell their story and the story of members of their groups. Today, we are talking about grief. There are 75 million people that are dealt with grief in the last five years just in the U.S. Jasmine, thank you so much for being with us. Um, we would love to start with your story. Can you tell us about your experience with grief? So, yes. Yeah. So, my experience with grief, um, when I first had my personal you know, relationship where grief was now attached to my life um, came in when I lost my aunt, who was like a mom to me. Um, she was a part of my life um, for my entire life and acted like a mom who bore me, right, who was my actual mom. Um, she loved me just that much. And she passed away during the pandemic. And, um, you know, we all, I did just assume that, you know, it was because of COVID. Um, come to find out it wasn't. And I don't really know much of the details, um, but she had an infection in her body. She went in the hospital. Three days later, um, she was gone. So that was my first personal relationship where grief uh, became a part of my life. You know, I've lost my great grandmother. I've lost, you know, other family members, um, you know, throughout the years, but that one was the one that, you know, touched my heart, hit home. Um, yeah. Soon after that, I lost my grandmother, who was another very influential woman in my life, who, you know, trained me to be the woman that I am to today, you know, who shared, you know, we have many memories of when I was a kid and just things that she, she had done that no one else had done for me. Um, and I, I lost her suddenly as well. Um, so those two were physical losses that, you know, have changed my life, has changed my outlook on, you know, now how, I, how do I survive, you know, after life? And um, it's difficult. My main part of grief that had hit me um, that I rarely talk to anybody about is when I had my daughter. I had my daughter. Um, she was born in 2020 uh, during the pandemic and she was born early. She came uh, four weeks early and I've already had um, complications with miscarriages, all that. So it was already a a tedious, hectic nine months to get her here. Um, finally, when she came, she had to end up going to the NICU. And I spent seven days uh, while she was in the NICU grieving her um, because I was anticipating, you know, like the anticipatory grief. You know, I was anticipating her not being here. Um, she, yeah. she made it and she came home. And even while she came home, when she came home, uh, for three months, I still grieved her as if she was going to leave. So for three months, I didn't take many pictures. For three months, I didn't share anything about her. For three months, I tried to keep um, 
I was already in love with her. I couldn't, I couldn't not do that. But I was trying to keep myself to a place to where, you know, if I fall in love with her and she leaves here, I'm still going to be okay. I'm still going to be able to raise my other two children. I'm still going to be able to be a wife. So I had to, I put a boundary up of how much I was willing to give her because I was afraid she was going to die. Every day I was sleep, literally, I was sleeping on the floor, watching her breathe. Um, my husband was telling me, you know, you can't do those things. You got to, you know, you, you, you have to let her know that you're, you're, you're wasting time basically is what he's saying. You're wasting the time you know, thinking that something is going to happen, but yet she's still here for three months. Even in my phone, I, I could tell when I came out of it because I started taking pictures. I started dressing her up every single day. I started doing things, but I literally had basically ambiguous grief where I thought, well, I was grieving somebody that was alive. I was grieving her leaving me. I have waited for her forever, right? And then she finally came and then she goes to the NICU and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to prepare myself for the worst. And that's what I began to do um, since she left out the hospital room to go to the NICU up until about three months of her life. And then I started to slowly fall in love, you know, with her, even though I was already in love, but allowing that grief part to exit. And um, that that one was has probably been the hardest for me. Even if I, I talk about it now, I get a little choked up, even if I think about it, because that grieving somebody that's alive, it, it could do a lot of emotional damage. And um, for me, it was it was my child, you know, and so. Uh, it was it, it hit home. It changed me. I always call that part of my life transformation because it transformed me um, to be self-aware, to know who I am, to find my inner strength, you know, to to be able to go into a deep place like that, a dark place like that. Um, and then having to find the strength to pull yourself back up. So um, that's a little bit about about my grief. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Can you go back to the grieving uh, your aunt and share a little bit about your feelings and and maybe the, the time that it took you or didn't do to, to, to feel yeah. the way you felt so and we talk about this in my in my grief room um with my aunt um it's a little bit different with my aunt because my aunt was like a mom you know um, and I sometimes I feel like, you know, oh, my goodness, I should feel more of my grief with my grandmother than I should with the aunt, you know, because she's a grandma and this is an aunt. Um, and I've, you know, I've been around her like physically around my grandmother more in my adulthood than my aunt. You know, I grew, my aunt, you know, was somebody who I would say since I was three, we lived with her up until middle school. And then um, I went to high school. So, you know, you grow up, you get older, you don't, you're not around as much unless it's family functions and things like that. And that's how it was for my aunt. So it was really hard when she passed because I didn't really, I wasn't talking to her like every day, how I was, you know, back when I was a kid, I wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, but when I saw her, that was like my mom, you know, it was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't no question about it. And also I was pregnant when she passed away and she mm. knew that I wanted a girl and I did not tell her because of my miscarriages in the past. So I wanted to wait. And that's one thing that's so hard for me because I'm like, I should have shared with, you know, the information with her because she would have been so happy. Um, so for her, honestly, I'm still dealing with it. 
I haven't gotten to the part, you know, where we have the stages of grief and I love uh, Elizabeth Ross and the five stages of grief. And she talked about acceptance. And I don't honestly don't believe that I've gotten to, you know, the acceptance part and being OK with it. You know, I'm, I'm not in denial. I'm not angry. You know, I'm not any of those things. But just having to accept the fact that, you know, when I graduate in a couple and I graduate my ceremonies in, in January, she's not going to be there. You know, and she would have yeah. been the first one to be there. Um, you know, I, it's like I like to show her the things that I've accomplished because she's instilled certain things into me. It's like, it's like, look, auntie, look what I did, you know, based off of what you've given me as a child, you know, and I can't give that to her in a physical way anymore. And that part really hurts me. Um, and the fact that she was gone and taken suddenly. You know, I didn't get a chance to say anything to her because it was in the middle of the pandemic. Um, we didn't yeah. get to go to the hospital. You know, her her children did. And I'm glad that my cousins got to, you know, and they were nice enough to let all three of them in there. Um, but, you know, her siblings, me, you know, all of none of us had that opportunity to, to see her before she took her last breath. And um, that that part to me is the worst. You know, I didn't get to say anything. You know, and then for the burial, we didn't get to do a proper burial because of the pandemic again, you know, so yeah. I couldn't speak at that and let the world know how how much of an impact she was for me. And I, I, I feel like um, and I know she doesn't feel this way, but I feel like yeah. I didn't get the chance to extend my gratitude of who she was in my life. And that part really bothers me. Um, Cause I want her to know that I, you know, I wouldn't be the woman I am today without, you know, her, the way she raised me, you know, the way she helped raise me, the way she, what she told me, you know, the, the way she didn't judge me and the way she loved me. Um, I, I, I don't have that opportunity now. So that part really hurts. And I'm honestly, like I say, honestly, um, struggling with just the accepting and being okay with that. Um, yeah. As far as my grandmother, um, the the part of grief that I struggle with is my children, because my children have a had a great relationship with my grandmother. She will always say that, you know, they're her reason, you know. And so yes. having to watch them grieve, especially my oldest son, who is 12, um, he'll say things like when we're in the grocery store, he'd be like, you know, Gigi used to do this or Gigi used to do that or Gigi bought mm -hmm. this. So I remember, you know, in moments like that, you know. Everybody need a grandma. You know, it's like that's your world. And for them, that was their great grandmother. And so I grieve less for myself, more for them, um, because I just feel like at their age, you know, they they shouldn't have to experience loss. They should be given love. And, you know, life happens and we're, you know, we don't never know the time of the day. And so um, I just try to keep, you know, the things that she instill uh, alive, like in our house, you know, I, I talk about her, I bring her up, I, you know, let them know, oh, Gigi wouldn't expect this out of you, or Gigi expect that out of you, you know, those type of things, just so they can make sure they always remember who she was to them. Yeah. Well, both of them sounds like uh, impressive women. Yes. And uh, meaningful for you, so meaningful for you. Can you, can you share with us the moment that you started supporting others? from your own experience, like the transition from getting help or uh, dealing with grief to, to being a support to others? I think for me, it was a place where I felt like I was by myself. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, with grief, it could cause you to isolate, you know, not want to be around anybody because a lot of people don't understand. They might not give you the right words that you need to hear. They might be very limited um, and not supportive in the way that you need to. And that's when I begin to realize I'm always a type to where I like to be what I didn't have. And so that's how I found myself giving back in this in this way is because I felt isolated at certain times or let's just say for when my grandmother died, um, I felt like I had to support my mom and my aunt. Those are her children. They lost their mom, you know. So when it was my time to grieve, it was like I was by myself because I spent all my energy, you know, extending it to them, extending it to my kids. Um, And then I realized I was by myself. And, you know, nobody really checked on me or nobody really because I had done, you know, I've been the one that's been giving out the most or or taking the load off of them. So they won't have to you know worry about how they feel and things like that. But um, it was in my isolation. I feel like even with my, my aunt, I really had nobody who I can, you know, talk to about how I really felt like, you know, I really felt like I lost a mom. And even though that's my aunt. Um, I really felt, you know, conflicted about, you know, should I, you know, I can't grieve like her children could grieve because I'm not her child, you know, but yet I love her like a child, you know, so um, being conflicted and being isolated has allowed me to uh, give back in ways that I didn't have. So you chose to kind of like to help other people that were that were isolated. And today you are leading uh, audio rooms in various topics uh, from your own personal experience, but also uh, grief rooms. Yes. Can you share with us a story of one or two members that uh, that pops in mind uh, and what you think they got out of the room? Yes. So, and I, they already told me that I could say their names out loud, so they don't mind. Um, <laughs> when I first came on Circles, I'm going to tell this, this short one because I actually have three really quick. The first one, when I first came on Circles, um, I met, I don't even remember this lady's name because um, this was back in January. And so she lost her son and she will get on due to gun violence and she will get on every day. And um, I don't know what it was, but I just was connected to her and she was connected to me. She sometimes when she log on and she saw other people on, she would log off because she only wanted to talk to me. Um, But it was the simple fact that we just talked about her son. You know, it's all she wanted was somebody who would talk about her son. And um, I would work for three to four hours at a time. So for three hours, if it's just us for an hour, you know, 30 minutes straight, we just talked about her son. Her son name was Ocean. I do remember that. And we would talk about him and she would say how her family, you know, is tired of hearing about him. They think that she should move on, move forward, you know, but she's still in the place. And we're, we're talking maybe three months at this time that he had just passed. And us talking every day, like she said, she just she just was grateful that somebody would listen to her talk about the same thing every single day, you know, until she gets to the strength and to the to the to the place of where she don't have to, you know, talk about that every single day. And so that was that was the first encounter that I came in connection with someone who, you know, really touched me. And apparently, you know, what the work that we had done had touched her. Um, Secondly, um, Lisa, who was one of my first members who's still with me now, um, she, yes, I love her. She's incredible. Um, Her story is her husband committed suicide um, in their home. And um, 
she went when she went downstairs and not just a few details when she went downstairs, they found some and things like that. And so what we talked about is things like um, not never getting an answer as to why, you know, with suicide. Why did he make the decisions was, you know, some things that she, you know, is conflicting her inside is, you know, was I not a good wife? Was I not a good supporter? Did I not do, you know, my part of what I needed to do for him to communicate to me? you know, what his, the issues was, um, you know, just the feeling of guilt, you know, also with, with suicide, we deal with shame, you know, and, and me working with her to let her know that, you know, um, not placing blame all on her, you know, and with suicide, it's a, it's a touchy subject and it's very tricky. And just me being a support for her with her grief in whatever way she needed me to be was an honor for me. And she still comes in the rooms now. She still, she helps out. She supports other people. She tells her story with no shame. You know, she's, she's, she's helpful. She is very helpful yeah. to the room. Um, and, and I appreciate her openness. Um, the last one I want to talk about is Ed. He, uh, he joined the room because he, him and his girlfriend, he lost his girlfriend. And so I have some that's just relationship type loss with grief, you know, is they're still physically here. They're just not with them, um, you know, in a relationship anymore. And so he's been on the room. He, you know, has shared his emotions, everything. Everybody has been supportive. And I'm proud to say now that him and his girlfriend are back together and wow. we don't see them as much, you know, but Circles was here for him in his time of loss. And that's what it's about. Thank you so much for the stories and for supporting others and sharing your story. Um, it's really inspirational and I appreciate uh, you being there for other people. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for being with us. All right. <laughs>